BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Frequently since this pandemic started, we've shared the latest grim numbers. How many Californians have COVID-19 and how many have died from it? Because the coronavirus is so contagious and dangerous, many people have died in hospitals without loved ones by their sides. But there are people who provide comfort, like Sister Donna Maria Moses, a Catholic nun and the senior chaplain at Santa Clara Valley Medical Center. She manages staff and volunteer chaplains of all faiths at the hospital. And Sister Donna says her job has changed as we've learned more about the virus. I think I'm the only one that I know of, chaplain I know of, that actually went into the room of a person who was later diagnosed with COVID and who was at end of life. So I geared up with everything that you have to wear for that. And that's how I know that I came out of that room. I had two patients that day that I did that for. And I just felt myself that that was not, that's not that comforting to them to see another person in all that gear. So that's why we switched to phone ministry. Right. And do you think you're still able to make that, that human connection, that spiritual connection with someone who's scared, frightened, who may be in the last hours of their lives? I mean, most of our work is listening. So doing enough of a, um, an open-ended question and continuing to ask questions until we have a sense of what is their real prayer. Are they afraid? Are they grief-stricken? Are they angry? Are they in despair? You know, so that we can offer the appropriate kind of prayer for them. In the Catholic faith, there are very specific last rites to, to comfort those who are about to die. They're the sacraments. Are patients and families upset when they realize they might not be able to get those sacraments, at least in the form that they know them, because of the virus? The patients and families have been remarkably understanding. They know what's happening, and they do not want to put the priests at risk either. Catholic patients understand that we have a shortage of priests and that many of them are elderly. And and we've modified, you know, as things changed, at first the priests modified how they were going to do the anointing of the sick and ensure that they didn't bring oil from one patient to another that possibly was then going to be contaminated. It was just about that time that Pope Francis came out with a plenary indulgence. And I think because of realizing in Italy, he's right there in Italy, realizing you don't have enough priests to get to all the people that are dying. If they can get to them and they're still living, which is when you would do the last rites, they're wearing all that equipment, and it's it's distressing. 
So the plenary indulgence basically takes the place of the last rites. And just finally, this is a very important week to many people of faith. And I wonder, what are you pondering or reflecting upon um, as Easter approaches, for instance? So it is surprising to me how Scripture takes on a new meaning in times like this. And it's almost daily, you know, I'll find something in the Scripture. And today the the reading of the Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue so that I may know how to speak a word to the weary. That's really, in this phone ministry, what we're trying to do. We're asking God to, to give us the words to speak to the weary. And, and in this time, both the Passover, the Seder meal that the, the Jewish people are, celebrate together, I mean, how appropriate is that? The whole world is praying for this to pass them over. In the midst of the signs of new hope of spring, there's bitterness and sorrow and tears. And Good Friday, as, as Jesus is crying, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? We have so many people isolated at home or in a hospital bed alone, probably praying that prayer with their very last breath. Well, Sister, I just want to thank you and your colleagues at Santa Clara Valley Medical Center and, and so many other places like it, the measure of comfort that you're offering to people when they really, really need it most in their in their lives. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm sorry. I feel like we ended on kind of a dismal note. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but there, well, let me ask you, know, you is, is there, is there is some hope, you know? Hold on then. Wait, wait a second. So please, how should we end this conversation? The one truth is we are not alone, even though we might feel alone. This has united us in a way nothing ever has in our lifetime. The um, unity of people trying to find a cure and trying to reach out and all the acts of kindness that are happening is really phenomenal. And and we know also the hope is we know this will pass and we will eventually get a vaccine. And we knew this was coming for years. We knew there's going to be a virus, there's going to be a pandemic, and we will learn and we will be prepared even better. Sister, thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you. Yesterday, we told you about how some county officials are worried about Governor Gavin Newsom's plans to send hundreds of ventilators to other states battling the coronavirus pandemic. The governor is now defending his actions. He says California hospitals are using less than a third of the ventilators they have, and that about 8,000 ventilators are available for future COVID-19 patients. Newsom says lending available machines to other states where the need is greater at the moment is the right thing to do. In related news, healthcare workers battling the coronavirus could soon get free hotel stays under a program announced by Governor Newsom. KQED's Guy Marzarati has more. Newsom says the state and federal government are partnering to book rooms at 150 hotels in California. Vouchers will be prioritized for workers who are coming in direct contact with COVID-19 patients. So that they're allowed to stay closer to their patients and provide them the opportunity not to worry about being out of pocket or worry about exposing their families or, God forbid, worried about another night sleeping in their car so they can stay closer uh, to the needs in their communities. At his daily briefing, Newsom also disclosed that for the first time in weeks, the number of coronavirus patients in intensive care decreased from the previous day. 
For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Undocumented workers who've lost jobs during the coronavirus pandemic are left out of unemployment assistance and the federal stimulus package, even if they pay taxes. Now teachers and principals at Oakland Unified are pledging to donate their stimulus checks to struggling families. KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports. Nearly all of the 480 students at Bridges Academy at Melrose in East Oakland are low income and many have undocumented parents. Maria is the mother of a fourth grader. Maria's husband lost his job as a waiter and she worries they can't pay rent next month. About two-thirds of the families at Bridges Academy have also lost their income, says Principal Anita Iverson-Comelo. And we are in contact with our families every day, and it's heartbreaking. And we feel like we have to do something. She and her husband plan to donate the $2,400 stimulus check they're expecting to undocumented families at the school. She pitched the idea to colleagues, and the stimulus pledge campaign was born. I have a duty to look out for people who are, have less than me and who are struggling. Iverson Comelo says eight teachers at her school and seven other principals have pledged part or all of their checks. They invite the public to donate as well. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. In times of high stress and anxiety, experts, including the California Surgeon General, say having a mindfulness practice like meditation can be helpful. So it's no surprise that Google searches for the word meditation are at an all-time high now that we have a global pandemic on our hands. KQED's Chloe Veltman reports. Until recently, Elizabeth Sale wouldn't have described herself as someone who was serious about meditating. I mean, I've been a, 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 what do you call it, a patchworked, hit and miss, erratic meditator on and off forever. But over the past few weeks, she started doing breathing exercises and other simple mind-focusing practices every single morning. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. I treat it like brushing your teeth. Sale works for a busy video production company in San Francisco. She's been in close proximity to the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake, Hurricane Sandy and several wildfires, so she's used to stress. But Sale says the spread of the coronavirus is testing her limits. She's worried for the safety of close family members working on the front lines of the pandemic, and she's grappling with health issues of her own that make her especially vulnerable. Every time you wake up and leave the house, you have to think about masks and social distancing and do we have, you know, disinfectants. So she's come to rely on her daily meditation practice to stay grounded. It reminds me that, like, there's a tiny safe place to kind of come back to every day. California is a hub for mindfulness traditions. It's home to some of the country's best-known centres, like the Esalen Institute in Big Sur and Spirit Rock in Marin County. Dr Craig Cholquist is a professor in the East-West Psychology Department at the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. He says Californians have a long history of turning to meditation in difficult times, like during the San Fernando Valley's Northridge earthquake in 1994. My clients were asking for mindfulness techniques to help them deal with not only the emotional after effects of the earthquake, but after shocks as well. 
The public interest in meditation has only grown since then, reaching unprecedented levels with the spread of COVID-19. Mindfulness apps like Headspace and Calm, both headquartered in California, have seen a surge in user sign-ups over the past month. And meditation coaches and centres across the state are also reporting an uptick in interest. Hi, I'm Laurie Cousins with Unplugged Meditation. And this meditation focuses in on how we can tune in and tune out our monkey mind. Like meditation teacher Laurie Cousins in Los Angeles. I've never been busier. Cousins says she's glad people are reaching for meditation at this volatile time, whether that's through individual coaching, group classes, online videos or apps. It's becoming more accessible, which is wonderful. And she says there's no one way to develop a mindfulness practice. Individuals should explore different offerings to find what works best for them. For The California Report, I'm Chloe Veltman. Let's turn now to our sister show, The California Report Weekly Magazine, which is focusing this week on love, sex and dating during the pandemic. Host Sasha Coca tells us a new study shows online dating is actually surging in California right now. Hey, Sasha. Yeah, Saul, that's not surprising. I mean, so many single people are hunkered down at home right now with a lot of time on their hands. But it's tricky. I just said, you know, we could FaceTime or something like that. And he said, or we could be bad and you could come over. And I was like, no, it's dangerous. <laughs> then there are the couples who are forced apart because one of them is sick or immunocompromised. That's probably the worst thing about all this, that I can't see you. And couples with brand new relationships who've decided to shelter in place together. We've been very surprised by our ability to get to know each other better and through all of this. We'll hear all of their stories and also hear from sex workers trying to figure out how to transfer their services online. Okay, thanks, Sasha. Tune in to the California Report magazine on this station or download the podcast. And that's the California Report for Friday, April 10th, a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer. I'm Saul Gonzalez in L.A. Thanks for listening and be well over the weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Hint Water. Hint is water infused with fruit essences, including watermelon and blackberry. No sugar, no sweeteners, no calories. Available in grocery stores. Hint. Mouth-watering water. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. 
visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 